and welcome. Welcome to Family Home Evening with Bad Mormons. This is Charlotte. I'm Mandy. And we're two sisters who get drunk and tell you stories and, you know, talk about how stupid the GOP is. What? Did I just say that out loud? (laughs) (laughs) So that's why you're here. And welcome to a very intellectual and highbrow publication (laughs) where we speak very eloquently and are both very educated in the ways of the internet. <laughs> that works, right? Sure. Perfect. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. I'm drinking the Devil's Anus whiskey. <laughs> you can't just change it to Devil's Anus. It's called Angel's... Wait, I was going to say Angel's Anus. It's not even that. Angel's Envy. Right. That, but I thought we changed it <laughs> Did we? to the devil's anus because that's what it tastes like. Cheers. It's very expensive. Don't you dare shit on the devil's <laughs> anus. <laughs> so strong. <laughs> I'm having a liquid death because it's been a long week and I'm very tired. We also drank a lot of wine last night. That was fun. Yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> Oh, you didn't? I did. I drank a lot of wine. And I had a great time. I drank some wine. And you know how when you're like the soberest person at the party and then all of a sudden you're like, someone's got to keep this shit show together. (laughs) No, I don't know what that's like at all. Because it's never been me. I started slowing down right about the time we went to go have dinner. I was like, "Mm, this isn't going to end well. Really? Because we ran into some friends and we had lots of bottles of wine, but I guess... I guess that was just me. No, we did. We had we had lovely time. I just didn't drink them as fast as everyone else. But <laughs> I, I was, definitely enjoyed some wine. I was so thirsty. <laughs> I woke up feeling real great today. But you know, that's what this a, a, angel's anus is for. The devil's <laughs> anus is for. I also had to work this morning, so that put a yeah damper. a damper on it. That makes sense. Thanks for driving me home. You're welcome. Hey, uh, shout out to our patrons. Hey, patrons. Holla. Holla, holla. We actually have an announcement this week. Uh, This has been a long time coming, but one of our, well, let me phrase it this way. We actually have uh, a new position created at uh, Bad Mormons Corporate Headquarters. (laughs) We've decided that we've had a contributor for a long time. We decided we need to make his position official within the organization. So please join us in welcoming James James. as our uh, chief offensive marketing strategist and satanic liaison. (laughs) That's your official title, sir. Cheers, James. Well done. Thanks for all your hard work. Welcome to the Bad Mormons corporate empire. (laughs) (laughs) We don't don't pay you, by the way. Yeah, it is a a pro bono. (laughs) This (laughs) this whole thing is a bono anyways <laughs> what have you to repent for oh plenty i'm sure we repent for not being here last week oh that's true yeah senor dexter pierre, pierre <laughs> passed away and it was very sad and it's hard to make dick jokes when your dog is no longer with us yeah after you kill your dog it's not funny to make dick jokes <laughs> For a whole week. But he now, would have loved it. Now the dick jokes are back. You're welcome. I do have something for Mormon Corner. Yeah? Kind of. I mean, I uh, was going through Twitter to see what I was going to be angry about this week. Uh-huh. And just so happened something Mormon related popped into it. And we've 
talked about it before, but I feel it's worth mentioning again um, how black people were not allowed into the Mormon church until it was 1978 proclamation that allowed them to come back in. Mm -hmm. Um, As made famous by the Book of Mormon musical. Yes, yes. 1978 got changed his mind about black people. (laughs) Black people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because black people were the descendants of Cain, represents representatives of the devil on earth we're not fully human or sorry black people are not fully human because they don't have souls like white people (laughs) although a version of the leaders of lds was told by god that we were suddenly human in 1978 (laughs) Um, (laughs) that just popped up on twitter recently yeah, it's uh, well, I was scrolling the comments because the someone said, "I guess a lot of people don't know the Mormon church, what the Mormon ch- church believes about black people." And I was like, "Go on!" And I've just been reading the comments, and yeah, there was a African American lady who wrote that, so it was pretty funny. But yeah, it's like another guy said, "Yeah, I converted from 1999 to 2003, and the." biggest thing that almost made him cancel his baptism was learning about the 1978 proclamation but i was rest assured that the church was no longer racist in parentheses and parentheses would get i would get answers later (laughs) Uh, put it on the shelf right but how could this be the one true church if they were wrong about this right so that's the great thing about revelation you can just have a revelation and then change your mind about everything that was the foundation of your whole church. Right? Kind of like racists. you You no longer get to have your own planet anymore. We're not bigots. Polygamy, <laughs> we never really meant that. Right? We, yeah, we said that Jesus lives on a planet called Kolob, <laughs> and the more children you have, the bigger planet you get, but we didn't really mean planet, <laughs> because that would make us sound crazy. <laughs> oh, Mormons, bless your little hearts. And I know I wanted last time to talk about um, the BYU University that would actually send people out. And I'm not going to base it on because I don't have any of my information in front of me because that's the way I like to roll. I like to wing it. Um, Was that the campus people would send security outside of gay clubs and take down license plate um, numbers and then see if any of them were at the, it was enrolled enrolled in with them uh, so that they could out them which is just super fucked up. So that's, if you're thinking about joining the Mormon church, this is what you have to look forward to. If you stumbled upon this podcast as a pro-Mormon church propaganda space, you're wrong. You've made a mistake. Or let us help you. Help me help you. Yeah. Yeah, Mormon, Mormon Corner. They're so nice. They're the nicest people. They're the nicest people, so long as you're white, straight, and have money or or was still poor but still willing to give your 10 percent. yeah that's true that's a fact um i forgot to mention at the top this is episode 113 dang mm-hmm. it's get, getting up there yeah it it's is. almost time for our mid podcast crisis <laughs> i feel it in my bones we're gonna have to take a sabbatical go on a retreat I say to Greece. Mandy's going to leave me for a younger co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Don't do it. Uh, I found something for cool shit. Yeah? I uh, was on Twitter, as I am, 
And I completely forgot that I wanted to read this book that Dan Rather wrote called What Unites Us. Oh. And so he had retweeted somebody basically just praising the book. And I was like, oh, yeah, I wanted to I wanted to read that. And it was paraphrasing the kind of like the the hot topics of the book, like, you know, be able to have a conversation, a constructive debate with somebody without name calling and pointing fingers. Right. Is that the link that you sent me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I read that. That, Actually, I haven't gotten to that part yet. This is just the book from Dan Rather. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, But but so it made me start thinking about, because yesterday we spent a lot of time at Jesse's house, and you two love to argue politics. For those who don't know, we have a very awesome friend named Jesse who loves Rush Limbaugh, loves Trump, very conservative, you know, pretty much against everything we stand for, but he's just great, so we love him anyways. And me and Jesse love nothing more than getting completely housed on red wine and arguing politics, much to his wife's, you know, he's like, stop doing that! Um, But we just have a great time. Because again, we don't insult each other, we listen to each other's point of view. I go off on tangents more than I should. But, you know, it's a good time. So, yeah, yesterday we ganged up on him. <laughs> yes. Well, sort of. It, and I actually was thinking about this as I started reading the the book review. Not really review, but just kind of like the hit points of the book. And so I started looking up. Like, I was like, what? There's got to be some rules or some guidelines on how to have a proper debate. And, I, I mean, I, was, I took debate in high school. I was terrible at it. Uh my group of friends, Erica and, and those guys were much better at it. They were take home awards and stuff. And I was basically just their like little nerdy tag along friend who didn't know what the fuck she was doing. But, uh, so that being said, I don't really know how to debate, even though I was in debate right. in high school. <laughs> and so I started looking it up and I was like, and I was thinking about, cause I was getting frustrated during the conversation yesterday. Cause it wasn't really like us ganging up on him. It was just a lot of yelling and like, not like, 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 on our parts, you know, like, right. he would try to say something and we would, it would just be like, no, this but is my... it seemed my... offensive when he was saying it. Like, I, there, there was one point where he was talking about, lo- like, what was it, like, calculated loss of life or some mitigated shit. Mitigated like, losses. Right, mitigated losses. And he had a fair point, and Mandy was understanding what the point was, but I was drunk, and I was like, how dare you? Because we were talking <laughs> about abortion and how, you know, some women just have to die now because they can't right. have an abortion to save their life. Right. But, you know. Well, I did actually come across this article, and that, this is what I had texted you earlier right. in case you wanted to read it and talk about it. But I did read it, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> so then I'm just going to paraphrase what it says because I thought it was really good, and I thought it would be something that the two of us, as people who like to argue with other people yep. about politics, <laughs> could use in order to have like a more productive argument. And then maybe if you guys are listening, maybe it might be beneficial to you, too. But So it's this guy named Shane Snow... And he talks about how to have a productive debate. And just to kind of sum it up, I'll actually post this on uh, our Twitter if you want to read the whole article because it's pretty good. We put it in Facebook too. Yeah, put it in Facebook. Uh, but he says there are three kinds of debates and most people aren't very good at the one that works. And so he starts with saying the second worst kind of debate is the kind most people engage in. And it's the, deba- the debate where the goal is to prove that you're right. Right. That you are right. So he gives a couple examples about different types of like whether it's politics or whether it's like a couple arguing about something or a business situation, right? But this type of argument only makes sense if you're actually right 
number right. one. If your audience or opponent is open to changing their mind, which is hardly Literally. ever. Yep. And then there isn't a better argument or idea out there than the one you're making. So it's pretty like finite. Right. And then the the worst type of debate is the one where you're basically out to destroy your opponent. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's what we see a lot of, you know, the GOP do. That's the right. Lauren Bobarts and the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the Donald Trumps and right. what have you. Um, but it's basically, uh, it's not productive. It's, uh, it's just, you're just completely making nonsensical, maybe not nonsensical, but just points that aren't even relevant to a discussion. You're just out there name calling and being right. a dick to somebody. Right. And then. Yeah. There's no constructive anything that's coming out of it. You're just being hurtful. Exactly. Yeah. It's not really like it. It's about your group identity or your echo chamber right. or you know you're just parroting what you read and see and what's around you which to be we fair, all do we do yeah right so being cognizant of that i thought was kind of a kind of a cool thing and then the best kind of debate he says is the kind where the goal is to make progress together which sounds good in theory um the process of the debate the process of the conversation should lead the group to explore ideas that no one member could have come up with on their own. Right. So it's like you have your perspective, they have their perspective, and it's it's not necessarily like a brainstorm or a think tank because you are arguing different sides of it. Like if everybody's agreeing, right. it's not a debate, you know? It's just a discussion or a brainstorm. Um, but then he gives some examples, the same thing, like a couple uh, political situation or a business situation. And... Uh, I, I thought one thing that I thought was really interesting about this is it kind of it, the the first two types of a debate are everybody's first instinct. That's human nature. That's like caveman, you know, it, it's instinctual. And it makes me I think about like MAGA people and just Republican rural farm redneck people you know <laughs> fitting that category and it, there's a bad religion song that even talks about it in that regard like you're so it's just your instinct to like protect your you know idea and your family and your country and there's no room for anything else and you know any other way of life and it's just instinctual right, right? and so then the idea is that you want you hopefully would want to become a more evolved thinker and, you know, we're not cavemen anymore. Like, we can, I guess this is where the word progressive comes in. Right. You know, you, you hopefully you would want to make progress forward as a society together, but that's not human nature and that's not human instincts. You want to fight and protect what you have, what's mine, right. and, you know, and, and beat the other guy with a stick. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, that, that was what I was thinking was, for the most part, having open conversations. Like, I felt like we did that yesterday. And, like, even though I was kind of just wanting to win the conversation, you stopped and said, well, no. And, you know, it was very fair. And because of that, you know, Jesse was open to maybe the whole late-term abortion thing isn't just to murder a eight, eight-week embryo, which I think it's something. Eight months. Eight months. Sorry, yeah. Eight months. You know, because at that point, the baby could live outside of the uterus like that's just not happening and then he's like well no because they talk about it all the time and it's like no that's a talking point but the baby's already dead and they're just trying to get the the body out of the other body so that she doesn't die of septus yeah um but anyways i thought that that was you so you're ahead of the game before this (laughs) this article well thanks um there, there were a couple of things that he points out 
um, three keys to having a productive debate, just like thinking about your own responses to things or your own arguments to things as you're in the middle of the conversation. And he says, uh, the first thing that a good debate requires is cognitive friction, which means smashing together different viewpoints. And that's what he, uh, going back to like, if everybody agrees, you're not going to have a good debate. So right. it's like being able to like take different ideas and have the cognitive ability to like put them together and try to make something new out of it. And then uh, number two, he says is intellectual humility. And he actually links to a whole course about this, which basically just means willingness to respect somebody else's viewpoint and, and admit when possibly you're revise your own. I think right. that's one thing that we could probably work on right. <laughs> a little bit more <laughs> in a debate. Because like, like just this example yesterday, you know, he conceded and was like, I never, I didn't think about that several times. Right. You know, and we never did. It was just constantly like, you're going to listen to my way. Right. And I could see then potentially like somebody saying, oh, I could see that point of view just to get you to shut the fuck up. Right. You know what I mean? And, and end the conversation. Um, and then three would be ground rules to ensure the debate stays on track. But I think that's more for like a an official debate timed right. sort of debate. Um, so my thought to that is, is I would be happy to say that I was wrong if I was wrong. <laughs> I just say when it comes, when it comes to, to like putting money towards different social programs, like I'm the type of person who's always voted for like the highway, the high speed train to San Francisco to raising the tax, gas tax so we don't have to have toll roads to all those things. I can sit there and say I was wrong on that. That money never goes to what it should. You know, raising taxes that's supposed to better our community is great in theory, but when it never pans out, I get it. I was wrong on that one. But when you're talking about taking away people's rights and shit like that, I just don't see how I can concede on that. Well, here's the thing that you should be doing then, Charlotte. Uh, you should, I'm going to, I had a little list here, but I'm going to skip down to the thing that's particularly pertaining to what you're saying is instead of saying like, how could you believe something like that? Or why can't you understand what I'm saying to you? you change it into the form of a question like why do you feel that way you know mitigated losses what do you what what why do you feel that that's appropriate or what what makes you think that that's the right path and like give them a chance to respond before just jumping, jumping in to, you know <laughs> and like listen to what they have to say but it's it's basically about not making things personal and remembering that everyone's on the same team so even and that the hard that's going to be the hard part for me is like I couldn't imagine myself in a room with Matt Gates. Uh, supposedly both of our priorities is like this country and being a patriot to the country that we live in. Right. We have very different ideas about how to do it. I would have a real fucking hard time being like, me and Matt Gates, p p potential child sex trafficker right. are on the same team because he's just so awful. So I'm using like the most extreme example of like, horrible filth I can think of right. being Matt Gates, But like, you know, on the other hand, people who aren't like virulent asshole public figures who are just saying outlandish shit to get ratings and right. retweets. Right, right, like right. A normal person who doesn't believe the same thing. No, there's been plenty of times that I've seen politicians I don't agree with but are saying that once I listen to their point long enough, I start seeing their point of view. But I feel like people can't do that anymore. Right. Well, if you, if there's a couple of other suggestions that he gives, which is giving people the benefit of the doubt. And also, nobody loses face 
for changing their mind or their opinion. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? That's, I feel like, something... I think that's a personality trait that people have. It's like, well, I can't say that I'm wrong because I'll then be I will... Lesser of a... Yeah. Whatever, yeah. And then not taking things personally yourself, which is, you know, that's... <laughs> that could be a difficult one, a challenging one. Uh... And, you know, pretty much that, I mean, that, that kind of sums it up. There's a lot more that goes into it, but keeping the debate about facts, logic, and the topic at hand rather than the emotions and how it makes you feel, which is difficult, right? Um, And just be intellectually honest and humble. So, you know, that's where like gotcha questions and that kind of bullshit comes into play. Like that's not the point. The point is to potentially take their side, which you don't know, right? right? And your side. And come up with something better than either side had before. Right. So I, the one thing I read when I was reading that article was like, when it came to politics, it was like, oh, so if two people that were, you know, pretty much applying for the same job to be your senator or whatever it may be, that, you know, you wouldn't just try to just like discredit the other person. You would say what your, what the things you want to accomplish if you had that job and then whoever won that maybe the other person could be your advisor like right. what kind of world would that be wouldn't that be amazing but that's not how it works now i mean it's never worked that way but it's almost impossible for that to happen now because it's just slander on each side i mean i think dr oz is the worst fucking like you know i mean he's not the worst worst but he's not great and it's just like all they do is just have attack ads against each other i think marcus flowers no no, that's, no it's um, john fetterman john fetterman that's right um which I I gave money to him. I got a sticker coming for my. It's not the charcuterie, but it's whatever he, that sticker he made. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll give you fifteen bucks for that. Thank you. Um, but you know, like as much as I want him to win, it's like he's bad mouthing too. But it's like you can't get ahead if you're not bad mouthing at this point because shit has gotten so ugly. Yeah, you can. I think you can. I just think we aren't right, and we could, but well, we no don't. again because it was at the whole like when they go low, we go high. But it's like how but that didn't work. it's not working. And so it's just like, well, we keep getting our asses handed to, we, to you know, us, our hand, asses handed to us. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Devil Danis is uh, rearing its <laughs> ugly head. Uh, <laughs> it's turtle head. It's turtle head. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you gotta got to win, right? Because by us not winning, people are losing their rights. Yes. That's true. That is true. Like before when it wasn't, you know, I didn't have to worry about other people. Like it was just like, oh, our tax dollars won't get spent towards social problems. That sucks. But now it's like, no, people are losing their fucking rights and racism is back. And, Mm -hmm. you know, every Republican voted against lynching being a hate crime. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, totally. I get so, like, I'm so tired. I'm just so, like, I'm low energy today. I'm so exhausted of just having to put so much energy into this because I always do and I'm like I'm like your life is so short like is this really the existence I want to create for myself is being pissed off at politicians right no it's not but at the same time it's like you do what you have to do to stand up for other people right and create the try to create the world you want to live in so it's like struggling to find that balance and I was thinking about this earlier today I don't even know if it even fits in with what we're talking about but I was like you know, like thinking about like life and death and all that stuff. And, and like, if you believe that, you know, your energy goes back into this like cosmic energy pool, which people who believe in science, that's kind of the general yeah. aesthetic. Energy right? never goes away. It yeah. just transforms. Exactly. So 
in that regard, that means all of us are Hitler and Jeffrey right. Dahmer and all of us are Gandhi and Mother Teresa right. at the same time. And I don't know if I can handle being Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to change the name of this podcast to Suddenly We Believe in God because I don't want to be Hitler. <laughs> Not really. I'm just kidding. But it's just like, man, it's just a lot to think about. <laughs> well, that's the difference, though, is energy doesn't have a consciousness, right? It's true. So, you know, Hitler made conscious decisions. But how so does it go so wrong? How does nature your versus nurture so and sometimes just fucking brain chemistry or whatever? Yeah. I think if they knew, we would know by now, right? Probably. Anyways, dark thoughts by Andy <laughs> and grieving the death of her beloved Papillon. <laughs> Last name's Mandy. Well, what did I say? You said your full name. Oh, right. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Mandy something else. <laughs> Not that it's hard to figure out what it is. <laughs> uh, no, that's funny. But yeah, it's like, cool shit. We haven't watched the new Game of Thrones, so we can't talk on that yet. Nope, I got nothing but work this week, all day, every day. I did pay $99 for an iPhone photography course on online. How's that going for you? You know, I actually, it's worth 100 bucks because now I know how to properly use all the filters and the, you know, zooms and the f-stops and the blah, 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 which I didn't know how to do before. So worth 100 bucks. But spoiler alert, you can get the majority of those videos on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> also, Apple has a class. They teach you classes on how to use their products for free. Well, you know what? This guy needed money. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I can't wait for you to take some really good pictures of me for once. I know. I need you to take the picture or take the class so you can take pictures of me. <laughs> be great i already take really good pictures of you i know how to work the camera <laughs> i know how to work the camera is, too girl what i'm gonna Turns post the, the picture you took of me at disneyland <laughs> so everyone can see why you needed the class that's gonna be our cover photo i'm down with it you know what you looked great bitch nope <laughs> i did not anyway this motherfucker did we kind of combine it all into one already no i mean cool shit was uh that we're learning to be better people. That's true. Yeah. How to debate properly. Shane Snow. Right. And I'm going to read that book, Dan Rather's book. I want to read it. Nice. I'm going to say, uh, I just retweeted something. Where'd it go? Was it? It's, it's 11 o'clock. Oh, <laughs> 11.33. Listen. <laughs> For those who, you know, are listening to this, I'm pretty sure we all agree anyways, but, you know, it wasn't a raid. Biden had nothing to do with it. Trump isn't even on the ballot. This is 90 days before the midterms. A judge found probable cause. Classified documents were found. Trump had no right to the docs as ex-president. Trump increased the penalties for such crimes. <laughs> Just that alone, I think, is a rebuttal to every argument made to why Trump shouldn't be in prison right now. You know, there's a there's this whole sentiment going around, like cautious optimism, that a lot of Republicans aren't going to come out and vote because they think the elections are rigged because of this yes. stereotype that he's perpetuated. That's that it awesome. doesn't matter because it's rigged, so why should we even bother voting? However, at the same time, they're putting a lot more energy and focus into hyper, hyper, hyper local 
school boards, right. you know, that kind of thing, stacking it that way. So weird. Like right? they did with the judges. Yeah. Which is smart. Right. Uh, but I don't know. It's I feel like the combination of taking away half the population's medical care and reproductive rights and perpetuating this thing like, well, it doesn't matter what you do because it's all rigged. Right. Might actually work out in humanity's favor. That'd be nice. <laughs> you know, for that. a change. Right. So, cautious optimism is the is the word of the <laughs> week. A, that'll be the name of this podcast. <laughs> um, Cautiously optimistic. Because, I mean, the other thing is things just seem so painfully obvious. Like, it was always obvious that Trump was a con man and that he would not even think twice about selling national securities, right? Um, but, li- like, Lindsey Graham, Rand Paul... Ted Cruz. Mm. Actually, I don't even think Ted Cruz is owned by Russia. I think he's just a fucking moron. He's just an idiot. Right? But it's like... He the, wishes he were owned by Russia. Right? He'd be like, he somebody own so me. He wants it so bad. But just the way some of these people have voted, you're like, holy shit. Like, are you seriously a Russian asset? Because it doesn't make sense. I mean, the fact that John Cain said, Rand Paul is a Russian asset. You guys all need to look into this or whatever. And they never have it. You look at how he's like, he was the single Republican who voted against something that had to do with Russia. And it's like, why would he vote that way? And then immediately leave the floor. Like, there's a whole video on it. And John John McCain was just like, oh, John, yeah, McCain. I was like, Cain, McCain. Um, I've already forgotten. Uh, but he's just like, oh, why would any, like, he made a point to go, why would anybody vote no on this? And then immediately leave the room. There's something seriously wrong here. And now Lindsey Graham is kind of doing the same kind of shit. You know, Trump's doing the same shit. And, and I read this whole article about how Russia does this. They'll somehow get a little bit of dirt on you, right? Or like, when if Trump stayed at the Russian hotel or whatever and he got prostitutes to pee on the bed, right? <laughs> then then they just have this little thing. So you just have to do this little tiny thing for them and they won't release it, right? So they might have to compromise their morals a little bit to vote against something they would normally never vote for. It's just a small thing. And then once you've done that, now you have all this evidence against them and you got them to vote this way. So it's a much bigger thing. And then they start telling you to vote on more things. And Classic it, blackmail. Totally, right? And it just, it wouldn't be surprised if the, I don't know. And it's, I may have it on both sides. Who knows? But like, that would be the smartest way to win a war. You don't even have to have a land war. Mm-hmm. You buy us out or you blackmail us. Mm-hmm. China and Russia are doing a really great job on both fronts. Yeah, that's true. That's funny. I just saw somebody tweet something about the P tape, and I didn't know what they were talking about, but apparently now I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you didn't. You didn't know about that. That was a whole P P tape that was being made fun of on the Daily Show forever. Oh, a long time yeah. ago. Yeah, but it's still a relevant thing. Got it. Okay. 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 I got it. I got it. I thought there was something new. Yeah. Apparently, it was a bed that Barack Obama slept in, or something like that. It was like something super petty and shitty. Yeah. And again, who knows if that's ex- exactly how it worked? But again. You know somebody likes drugs, all of a sudden there's somebody who's in the hotel room lobby that wants to party with you. Right. right? You like sex a lot with young underage girls or boys. Uh-huh. Like, all of a sudden that's planted. And so it's like, they don't know that there's cameras in their room or whatever. Right. And then they have this dirt on you. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, so this is what we need from you now. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to release all of this. Right. Yeah. And all that energy is going to just go right back into our collective cosmos. <laughs> Unless we repent and go to Jesus. Right. Oh, speaking of Jesus, 
Me and Mandy went to go get our nails done yesterday. <laughs> and Jesus was there. <laughs> um, our nail shop or uh, place that we get our nails done is right across the street from a Planned Parenthood. <laughs> and so every now and again, when I when we go to this nail shop, we see someone out there protesting abortions, which is hilarious because if you need an abortion in, Cali- in uh, Southern California, you have to go to Santa Ana <laughs> or yes. L.A. But there's yes. most most Planned Parenthood locations do not perform that sort of medical knee, um, procedure. But so they have all these signs out, but like, baby lives and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't see it, but Mandy did. Apparently there were people crocheting baby clothes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was like, I don't know, nine people or so out there, and all of them were just somberly, no expression <laughs> on their faces, crocheting or knitting or something. And I was like, is that, that's fucking baby clothes. <laughs> I drove past them, because I, I was driving, so I couldn't look. I just rolled down the window and went, ha! It was, uh, they were all, I would like to point out, in the 50 to 60 year old range, white ladies, by the way. Sounds about right. So, lamenting maybe their own abortions, I don't know. I just love when, why would you, Planned Parenthood does such good things for people, health, you know, like making sure you don't have cancer, getting women on birth control so they don't have to have abortions, like, they, and I haven't been for a while, but the last time I went, they were even asking, like, Let's say you had strep throat. Would you be comfortable coming to a Planned Parenthood for that? I'm like, shit, yeah. I would come here for all of my medical needs. Like, I don't want a doctor. I don't <laughs> like doctors. Planned Parenthood's the shit, though. Yeah. I also want to point out, again, anybody who's going to be listening to this probably already knows these things, but um, when they say government doesn't pay for abortions, they don't. When I had, you know, when I was poor and couldn't afford birth control and things like that, the government fully paid for my pap smear my birth control and then when I check out at the end of the day they say would you like to leave a donation now that money goes towards the abortions (laughs) which I would always leave at least a hundred bucks nice nice uh should we hear a word from our sponsor shit yeah we'll be right back We know that keeping the food storage stocked can sometimes be a struggle, but boy, howdy, did it just get a whole lot easier. Have we got a delicious and satisfying treat for you. Introducing Prophet Tyson Potted Meat Product. Prophet Tyson Potted Meat is a tasty treat your whole family will enjoy, and it's now packed with 30% more tripe per can. This spreadable, delectable meat product is the perfect addition to your food storage pantry, thanks to its pre-cooked state and extra-long shelf life which also makes it a great item for camping and military uses. Prophet Tyson potted meat comes in two tantalizing flavors. Country Pot, a down-home blend of pureed beef, pork, chicken, and that extra tripe. Or give City Pot a try, a spicy grind, a raccoon, feral cat, skunk, and animal shelter dumpster. For a heavenly treat, try Prophet Tyson potted meat. Family Home Evening with Bad Mormons listeners can save 20% off your first purchase. Just use the promo code the one mighty and strong at checkout. That's promo code the one mighty and strong for twenty percent off your first purchase of Prophet Tyson's potted meat. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hey, uh, have I ever told you about the time that um, I watched Perry Farrell play a show in the Nordstrom? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I was living in San Francisco. I actually, I apologize because I didn't do any pre-thought to this story at all. So I'm just going to give you the very short abridged version. 
and I'll have to get the details filled in from uh, from our friend Andrea. But Andrea used to work for this event planning company in San Francisco. Um, this is where the free liquor warehouse came from. They right. had you know yes. they had a full supply of things for you know to put on these events and stuff. And I can't remember what the event was. It was some kind of like fashion show designer thing, which was why it was in the mall in the Nordstrom. <laughs> but for whatever reason. Uh, Perry Farrell was being paid to perform at this event. And so I got to go in with like a special wristband or whatever because I didn't pay the, you know, the ticket money or whatever to get in. And it was it was really strange. It was later. It was late at night because most of the mall was closed. And I remember kind of, you know, how malls are set up to have those like back walkways that aren't the regular retail. So like if you work at a mall, you go the back way. They'll never see you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I remember like kind of going around through those and we would go out one of those doors to go out to the street and smoke and come back and uh and it was just really bizarre so it was like you're in the middle of Nordstrom it's closed but they've got this like these couple of different runways doing fashion shows and then they've got this stage in the middle of like the menswear and the lingerie <laughs> kitty corner to each other there's a little <laughs> stage set up and there's Perry Farrell right there like singing you Jane's Addiction songs. Wow. I know. It was really, really bizarre. And it was, you know, free drinks. It was like kind of a, you know, it was an event. It was like, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I've never really been in a place like San Francisco where they, you have events like that. Like it's a city thing. You know, right. it's like whatever, you know, company will put on this party to promote whatever Twitter or Uber or whatever like the next There's hot a thing is. There's a hair company called Olaplex that's, that had the Violent Femmes play at their party. Yeah. That was the first time I ever saw that. I'm like, what the fuck is the Violent Femmes playing at an Olaplex party for? Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so it was it was like super cool. And I was a, you know, a Jane's Addiction fan since the beginning. I loved Jane's Addiction. And I, there was one point where, you know, Andrew was working. So I was kind of there by myself. And then we, I would meet up with her. We would have a drink, you know, go out and have a cigarette. And then she would go back to work. And at one point we were out on the street and I'm pretty sure this, it doesn't really matter. I think it was either Market Street or it was 4th. But we went outside and we're smoking and there's this other kid out there smoking and he just has this kind of like rock star look about him. He's got long hair and he's, you know, leather jacket, hot dude smoking. (laughs) And we end up talking to him and and he's like, oh yeah, I'm the the drummer. I'm drumming with (laughs) the band later or... Yeah, because we didn't recognize him. Otherwise, we would have seen him. But So this was before the band went on. He's like, yeah, I'm drumming with, with Perry Farrell. And I, we were like, how the hell did you get that gig? Because he was like a young kid. He was right. younger than us, you know? I don't know. Like, I just, like, I knew I was in this band. And Dave Navarro somehow, Dave Navarro's name got brought up into it somehow. Right. But I, was, I was in this band. And we were playing this show. And this guy who knew, knew Dave Navarro said I was a really good drummer. And so, like, Dave Navarro hooked me up with this gig. <laughs> and now I drum for Perry Farrell. That's kind of <laughs> rad. Like, we were like, what the fuck? But, uh, yeah, just a random little little tidbit of a story. I wish I had more details. But, yeah, I did watch Perry Farrell Well, the way I envision show. it, because it's Nordstrom, so he's at a piano. There's no piano. No, no, it was a band, guitars, and, you know, <laughs> But drums. you know what I'm talking about? Like, when you're at the mall, at the Macy's or whatever, there's sometimes, like, a piano player there. <laughs> that would have been cool. That's what I'm envisioning. Yeah. Just Perry, just like, Jane says. Nope. Sorry to let you down, no. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was something else. But, yeah, that's the time I saw Perry Farrell play a show at Nordstrom. I saw him at uh, Coachella. I only went one year. 
it was actually a good year. It was the Pixies, Radiohead, uh, um, uh, The Cure, Flaming Lips, The Cure, um, and Peretz. So he Perry Farrell was doing his DJing, and so I think I actually left Bright Eyes because it was also Death Cab for Cutie was there, but I had no idea who they were. Um, uh, bright eyes. I'm like, he sounds like a goat. I'm leaving. I'm going to go see Peretz. <laughs> um, but it was hot as balls there because it's just, it's in the Coachella Valley and it was May and it was hot. And uh, that tent was an enclosed tent with bodies and everybody's high as shit, mm-hmm. just like dancing. And I was not high or drunk and dehydrated. Yes. And I was like, this sucks ass. <laughs> So that's my only experience with Perry Farrell. <laughs> oh, I've got a, I've got a lot of them. I've got a, well, maybe we'll save that for another episode. But I've got quite a few uh, Perry Farrell stories. So my fate is going to say this isn't a story, so I'll have to sleep it in here because it's really, real short. But like, um, when I go visit Mandy in Washington, uh, they had what was that record store called before it was Everyday Music? Yeah. I forget. (laughs) Well, everyday music. We'll just say that. So they had posters that were the size of like four posters, right? Like they were gigantic. And so I got a Jane's Addiction uh, poster. It's the one where Perry's kind of like wrapped up and his head's off to the side. I think that's Jane Says maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I think self-titled. Triple X. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, And then it was me, my friend Nicole, and our sister Laurie were all hanging out in my room, and I had that poster up, and it was really great. And, you know, our family is a large one, so we get all of our shit from Costco. And Nicole and Laurie had this great idea that they were going to robo. Um, But we don't have Robitussin, so they just drank the shit out of the family size of NyQuil. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't, I don't really need to get, I was like, get drunk on it. But no, like, I guess it really just fucks you up. Like, so meanwhile, I'm watching TV or we're listening, no, we're listening to Jane's Addiction. Laurie and and Nicole are on the ground. They cannot move. Like, like, can you move your arms? No, I can't move my arms either. I'm like, you guys are morons. Like you're saying when you're the sober one, Uh right? And then all of a sudden, who's either Laurie or Nicole, but just starts crying. What's wrong? I'm never going to get to meet Barry Farrell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was Laurie. (laughs) Those good times. Yeah, then you fast forward to when uh, we went to see them at the Tacoma Dome, and Laurie was screaming so loudly that Dave Navarro put his finger up to his lips to tell her to be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's good times. Yeah, good times. Now, that's the kind of cosmic energy I want to be put back into. Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you have any cosmic energy you'd like to send our way, we are accepting reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts. Right. You could also become a patron for as little as $3 and as much as you want to give us. Uh, check out our YouTube. Like, subscribe, share with your friends. We're on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn. Send us your <laughs> stories. Uh, we are always looking for fun stories, funny stories, Jane's Addiction stories. Roboing uh, stories. Dave Navarro stories. Send them to FHEBedWomans at gmail.com. Um, also, we got merch. We do got merch. 
And apparently we're going to give a t-shirt to somebody who can name that. <laughs> nope, we deleted that. JK, you get nothing. <laughs> Love you. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.